We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. We are almost through another week. It is the first week of the new twenty twenty two NFL league year. I am one of your hosts, Jason Perona, the Packaday Podcast, Game on Wisconsin, and the Quick Slants Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the YouTube show heard around the world, Packers Unrestricted. <laughs> Gentlemen, as we always do, we've got to start with the weather, and we do have an entry from across the pond. Paul Brettel, you've got an entry from Sweden. Yes, from Rick, or on Twitter, Green Bay Packers, Sweden. Uh, he is in Stockholm. There's no snow on the ground at all the past three or four weeks. Still highs, high in the 20s, low 30s during the night, but the days are getting warmer. Mid-50s for Rick, and it's like pretty sim- that's honestly pretty similar to here in Green Bay right now. We actually experienced 65 degrees for a high on Wednesday. Was outside enjoying the a nice little walk. Just did some did some grilling. Although I grill year round, but it was it was just really really nice. In the next few days, the worst of it's going to be the 40s, which for March, absolutely will take. Because honestly, you never know what you're going to get here. Could be 20, could be 65, could get eight inches of snow. Snow could be melting. March is a wild card, so. I'm happy, very, very happy right well, now. March is a wild card. When I lived there, I had a, I remember there was a snow day in May, which is very rare. <laughs> but I had a snow day in May back in like way back in the <sighs> middle school days, which was a very pleasant surprise because when you're that age, you don't care about the logistics of not being able to get around and drive around. You just don't have school. You know, you don't care because you're not driving yet. And you don't have anything else to do. So I don't remember was, how old I was, but obviously in Lambeau Field when it snows. So this this isn't totally accurate in the level of amount there was, but obviously it gets pushed all to the sides. So you can still navigate the parking lot. There was still a bit of pile of snow one time growing up. Again, don't remember how old I was in early June. Oh, jeez, Slow melting. <laughs> Slow melting. Good Lord. All right. Then we come stateside over in Myrtle Beach where it's a little soggy, according to Mark Eckel. Yeah, well, right. Uh, we tape Wednesday night um, for those that don't know. Uh, it rained all day today. I mean, it was a, just a miserable um, rainy day on the beach. Um, which, again, you know, I, I tell people sometimes I like it when it rains because it it allows me to get things done. That I, you know, like things I want to get done, but then I'll wake up and it'll be oh, it's, it's too nice out to, to 
actually do this. I'm going out to the beach, right? So that's no, so why I got it was a good day to get stuff done. Now today, Thursday, as people are listening, it's supposed to be beautiful. It's probably like 72 and sunny. Thursday and Friday are both supposed to be very, very, very nice. But Paul, you said it was 65 in in Titletown today. It was. I think this is a, a pack a day first. The three of us. It was. I don't think it hit 65. I think it was like 63 here today. So this might be an all-timer that it was warmer in Green Bay than it was in Myrtle Beach. It was my turn to go to the beach. There you go. <laughs> I might be. I think that's a good omen for. The, I think I'm going to use this as a good omen for the Packers season. All right. <laughs> a very oh, different, a, definitely a very different beach, different view. I would imagine too, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Shores of the bay. <clears throat> and Lake Michigan never really warms up, even you know peak August. Right. <laughs> right. Well, over here in Phoenix. Low 80s, sunny, I'll leave it at that. Just basking in the sunshine, <laughs> the warmth is here. Happy to hear that. We live, in, we live in large, but that's pretty normal for mid to late March. I mean, we're, yeah. we're right where we're supposed to be. That's why we live out here, as, as we spring say. Training, right? spring, spring training starts this week, right? That it does. That it does. If this was a baseball show, we would have so much to talk about and a lot to celebrate. But, yeah, it's delayed. But there will be spring training, some baseball, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's you're, you don't even make plans on the weekend in March unless you've got kids and you're on spring break or something like that. And you're taking a trip. But you just it's just kind of understood. Friday's an early off work day. Saturday, Sundays, you're at a, at a baseball field through the month I've of March. I've been to a bunch of Cactus League games back yeah. in the day. But one of my best friends used to live in um, Tempe. So I'd go out to visit him, usually this time of year. And it was weather was great. And we would go to you know, two, three games, of, you know, depending on who was home and where we would go. But Yeah, the so athletics, our, yeah, I, the uh, the Angels and the athletics was, used to both play in Tempe. Now the A's have moved. They're not in Tempe anymore. The Angels still are. Giants were in Scottsdale. The Cubs were in Mesa. Um, somebody was down at White Sox in Tucson, maybe? Yeah, the Cubs got a nice new stadium about seven or eight years ago. So they're still technically in Mesa, but it's like Mesa Tempe. It's in a different spot. They share a facility with the Rockies. Oh, they, so they the, were the or no, actually, I take that back. The D-backs and Rocky share a facility. The Cubs have their own field, Sloan Park. Okay. Of course. All right. So. That's our little baseball. For, All right. Baseball. Anyway, Harry from Kamloops, Canada, of course, always and very consistent. The sun has been shining. There's a sweet hour each day where you can drive with your windows down and your arm out the window. He hasn't given me the temperature yet, so I'm thinking in my mind it's got to be in like the 60s, 50s, right? He says, then that hour ends and the temperature plummets again, and it's not fun. He said, said, high today of 48, low of 32. So apparently 48 degrees in Kamloops is put your arm out the window and roll the windows down while you're driving weather. (laughs) Chance of overnight snow. said several mountain passes around are getting snow warnings. Still winter on the mountaintops. So that is the weather heard around the world. And now we talk some Green Bay Packers football. So uh, news from Wednesday late Wednesday, and we'll start with the report from Tom Silverstein about who the Packers tendered. I know there was some movement and some players have moved on to other teams, and we will get to that. But as far as those who will remain Green Bay Packers, Chris Barnes, Dominique Daphne, Jake Hansen, Josh Nyman, Randy Ramsey, and Malik Taylor are all exclusive rights-free agents. They were tendered. The Packers did not make a qualifying offer to safety Henry Black. And outside linebacker Chauncey Rivers. Rivers had that knee injury. Uh, Black played a decent amount of snaps. So I guess we'll start there. 
guys, Mark, we'll start with you. I mean, the 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 list of those they did tender doesn't surprise me. I know they like Ramsey a lot. He's had trouble staying on the field. Taylor, reliable on special teams, hasn't done much else besides that. But you got to have good players on special teams. Dominique Daphne, obviously, if he hadn't been injured, I think would have played a little bit bigger role. And Chris Barnes has been really good for the past two years. So not too many surprises, unless you disagree. No, the only surprise, um, and it's not a shocking surprise, a little bit of surprise is that they didn't tender Henry Black. As you said, he played all. He was like their sixth defensive back last yep. year. I mean, he he got a lot of time at that. He was like, he was the third safety uh, behind you know Amos and Savage. He, he moved ahead of Vernon Scott, who got hurt early and never kind of caught up. But they must know something. I mean, um, they, yeah. I mean, for them not to tender him. And just to save a you know half a million dollars or whatever it is, and again, when we're talking Packers now, and getting and getting under the cap, every every hundred thousand dollars counts because I'm I mean they're obvi- they're, they obviously got under the cap because you had to be under the cap by uh, four p.m. Eastern today, so they got under it, and they might only be under it by five hundred thousand. You know, Henry Black might be the guy that got them under the cap by not. By not giving him that that um, that tender, so. But well, I get a little, just a slight surprise to me there that they didn't tender him. But. Well, and the other thing too, to your point, Mark and, and Paul, will kick to you for your thoughts too. Is that uh, Silverstein also reported late on Wednesday that the Packers didn't release anybody, so they got under the cap at the deadline based on restructuring or doing what they needed to do without <laughs> having to cut without having to cut any players that they wanted to keep. And we'll talk about, uh, most notably, Randall Cobb, which we'll talk about after we we get through the exclusive rights free agents. But Paul, Packers, once again, they get under the cap. I don't think any team in the history of the NFL has never, has not gotten under the cap before. If it's happened, it's only been maybe once or twice, but I don't think it ever has. And that list of players, like I said, not too surprising. And it looks like uh, quite a few key pieces will be back in Green Bay. Yeah, um, I mean, with the names you listed, not surprised that any of those exclusive rights guys are back. I mean, those are it has the word free agent in it, but there's really not a whole lot of freedom for those guys. As long as their uh, team from the previous year offers them a league minimum one year deal, they have to accept it. They don't have the ability to negotiate with other teams. So I honestly had thought that all eight of them were going to be back uh, for Henry Black for the reasons Mark mentioned. Also, the safety depth. Is uh, wrote an article about this at Cheesehead TV. It's a uh, big question mark. Adrian Amos, final year of his deal. Hopefully he's extended. Darnell Savage, final year of his rookie contract. Could receive a fifth-year option. Green Bay has to decide that by May, but it's not a given either. Then you have Innis Gaines with zero career defensive snaps. Vernon Scott with 90 career defensive snaps. And Sean Davis with zero career defensive snaps. So safety, not just for 2022, but... 2023 and beyond is going to be a big need for Green Bay to address this offseason. So I thought Black would be back for that reason. The other guy, the other player who wasn't tendered is Chauncey Rivers, the edge rusher. They brought him in, I think it was just after, was it over the summer? Yep. Yeah, once Zedarius was um, not available in practice, and he ended up getting hurt in practice. I think it was after week four, week five. Uh, I thought that he would be back again. A big reason is you got to fill out the 90 man roster. And again, these are inexpensive contracts, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. Doesn't mean they're going to be on the week one roster, but you need a 90 man roster to get through training camp. So I thought Rivers would be back as well, especially with that third edge rusher role currently being up for grabs. We know it's going to be Preston. We know it's going to be Rashawn. But after that, you know, is it going to be 
Randy Ramsey, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa, you know, who's it going to be that steps up? So I thought that at least for competition purposes, um, both those, you know, rivers would be back and all eight would be tendered. But I tend what Mark pointed out, and I hadn't thought about this at all with green Bay being so close to the salary cap, you know, if you have two $700,000 contracts, which isn't much in NFL standards, that's 1.4 million. And 1.4 million for the Green Bay Packers right now is a lot of money. So that very well could have been the reason why they uh, maybe only tendered six of them. Yeah, well, and they could come back just because. Correct. Say, like Henry Black, let's use him for for an example. They didn't tender him today. Now, as the Packers now, assuming no one else signs Henry Black, and I don't think he'll be in that much demand. I mean, you, you never know. It only takes one one team, but. Oh, I heard Jacksonville's offer him eighty million dollars. Yeah, for, for, for one year. They, <laughs> well, wait a um, to play receiver. Eh, do anything. So they just—they don't care. They, so they, they can, so they can reach and, the cap floor. Is that why? Yeah, and and then cut good players. Uh, but thank God we, I'm not a Jaguar fan. Um, no, but anyway, Henry Black. So if he's, if, you know, they they didn't tender him today. Now, as the Packers create cap space by. Extending Jair Alexander, extending Adrian Amos, coming to a long-term deal with Devontae Adams, and not having that that albatross of a twenty million cap number on it on them, um, you know they. So now they they you know they could then conceivably re-sign Henry Black to that one-year minimum deal. If, you know if he wants to come back and if you know and if they want him back. So just because they didn't do it today doesn't mm-hmm. seal his fate. Until he signs with someone else, he can still be brought back. Sure. Yeah, there's always you hear about that, but I think the Packers have, have kind of made their statement there of if he can find a deal somewhere else, then oh, sure. off he goes. And not that the Packers are going to have are going to do this, but they have not shied away at all from placing draft capital and very, very precious draft capital at the safety position specifically. I mean, Darnell Savage, haha, Clinton Dix back in 2014, um, they've drafted safeties and defensive backs with with some pretty decent draft picks. And I think. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not a draft expert, but I think this class is pretty okay for safeties mm-hmm. in terms of the, the the depth. And again, they don't have to; they don't need to go out and draft a first round safety. But I wouldn't put it past them; they've done it before. So we never we never really know what what they're going to do. But you mentioned Paul uh, real quickly the 1.4 million being a, a lot of money for the Packers, and you know that that's potentially true because they've also decided or it was reported that they're they're probably moving on from punter Corey Bajorquez, who. For a punter, probably wasn't going to cost a, a ton of money, but the Packers have to really look to the future here and be fiscally responsible. And they probably also want to take a look at a, get a, get a punter that can can kick off because it looks like Mason Crosby is going to be back in Green Bay, and if that's the case, he was not able to consistently kick the ball into the end zone. And so the Packers are probably going to look for a punter that can kick off and punt. Now, Bohorquez did pretty good. He had a couple shanks. Uh, he was not, not you know, overly great at the end of the season, but he did have a couple of really good kicks during the season, and, and uh, the special teams didn't help him out with some of their coverage and play. But just a, a little bit of a little bit of a note there. I mean, real quick thoughts. And the only the only reason I'm going around the horn here is because that's also the holder. So more. I guess you have some more change, Mark, on the special teams unit, which struggled, the kicking unit, which struggled last year between the long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing that all the special teams decisions, I mean, they're 
ultimately they're all, they all belong to the general manager, Brian Gutenkus. But I think the new special teams coach, Pisacchi, is, is going to get his – I mean, they, they didn't bring him in and, and, and make him reportedly the highest uh, paid special teams coach in the league without giving him a lot of input. So he must have looked – I'm sure his – you know, while while Russ Ball was doing cap numbers and everybody else was doing other things, he was watching a lot of Packers special teams um, from last season and probably cringing at, at it. But um, he saw what he liked and what he didn't like, and he must not have liked what he saw from the punter. So he's gone. Um, would not shock me uh, to see the Packers. They have. Now, uh, another thing that came out, I guess it was yesterday, was the compensatory picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Packers got an extra four for losing Lindsley, and they got an extra seven. I believe that was for Jamal Williams. So they have three seventh-round picks this year. They have their own. They have the one from the um, Kadar-Holman trade, and then they have this compensatory one. Wouldn't shock me if they spent that seventh, one of those three seventh-round picks on a punter. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't looked, gotten that deep yet to see who the top punters are, but um, it wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure they'll be looking. And if the and if the coach likes one of these college kids, don't be surprised. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and the Packers have used draft picks on punters before. I mean, they yeah, ridiculously they used a third rounder back in 2003, which was silly. Uh, we don't talk about that, right, Mark? That regime. Not, Mike Sherman, no. And my, the fifth my, rounder my, for J.K. Scott. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we could do a whole show on that. When we get into the doldrums of the offseason, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll talk about the history of the last five head coaches in Green Bay because that would take us back about 30 years probably because they haven't had many. But as far as the special teams goes, though, Paul, any thoughts on the – the kicking game and Mason Crosby, I like his experience and his reliability in the cold and over the course of 15 seasons trying to kick it through the upright if, as long as they get the kick off the ground, that is. But again, you have some more changeover going in the, in the, I guess, the, the battery there, as I'll call it, between the long snapper and the holder. So you're now going to have Mason Crosby, a seasoned veteran, 
with a new long snapper and he's going to get a new holder too it would seem as well yeah i know crosby was a, a popular potential cut candidate for the packers and i don't think by him hanging around does that mean he's you know like he has been for a number of years now sharpied in to be on the week one roster they still have three kickers on the roster and for a team that is clearly all in again on trying to make a super bowl run with aaron Rodgers, there's obvious risks involved in moving on from crosby to go with J.J. Molson or Dominic Eberle, who combined, I think, have three career field goal attempts. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of risk in that. And maybe they bring in someone else. I'm not sure. But uh, understandably so, you know, they're hanging on to Crosby. And I think it's going to be a competition because if he's a post-June 1 cut, they can actually save more in cap space than what they can right now. Um, so my thought is, like I said, I don't think he's sharpied in to be the week one guy although I'd probably call him the favorite at this point. Uh, but I think there's going to be a competition, and then at that point, Green's get, Green Bay and you know, Goody and coaching staff LaFleur, they're going to assess the situation and make the decision at that point. But as you pointed out, Jason, the kickoffs have to get solved. Obviously, hopefully with Basaccia at the helm of special teams, the coverage unit is a lot better. But by Crosby not getting the ball to the end zone, uh, I looked this up on Pro Football Focus, I think, 54% of his kickoffs were returned, yeah. which was the fourth fourth uh, lowest or highest rate, excuse me, um, in football. And obviously, if you have a poor coverage unit, that's not doing them any sort of favors either. So some of those aches and pains perhaps could have been, you know, band-aid a little by just knocking that ball through the end zone. So that's certainly something that has to be addressed if Crosby is on the team next year. Uh, but again, just because he's still, they didn't touch his contract. He's still going to be on the team. It looks like going into training camp, they have two other kickers. There's going to be some form of competition. I think a decision will be made later in the year. And then as far as Bohorquez goes, I did my uh, free agents resign, let go prediction, you know, taking a look at each of those categories. And under the why the Packers would let him go, one one of the big things was cost. He made over a little, um, little over a million dollars last year. I'm guessing he's in line for some sort of payday. And while we saw the big punts, the Bojo bombs, um, you know, he was did a really good job of pinning the opponent along the sideline. We saw him pin opponents inside the 10-yard line as well. And that was, in a way, certainly an upgrade over what we had seen from J.K. Scott. But if we look at, you know, some of his overall numbers, yards per attempt, punts inside the 20, touchbacks, fair catches, hang time, he was around league average in a lot of those categories, which if you're the punter for the Green Bay Packers, that's that's fine. Again, we're not expecting any sort of greatness here. But for a cap-strapped team like the Packers, if you're all of a sudden paying $2 million, for example, for league average at punter, maybe their thought is, hey, you know, maybe we can try to find, as Mark pointed out, someone in the draft or an undrafted rookie who can step in, give us similar production, but be half the cost or a third of the cost as what Bajorquez is. So I, I imagine all those were factors. And again, he wasn't immune to any of the special teams. What was either had, had issues holding the ball um, on field goal attempts at times. There were some shanks as well. And then last piece I'll touch on here, the compensatory picks. I wrote an article about this at Dairyland Express. That fourth round pick in particular is a big one for yeah, Green Bay because yep. I believe believe you can trade them this year too mm-hmm. yes. um and the packers we all know goody likes to move up 2018 after trading back in round one he moved up to get jair in round three in 2018 he traded up for burks 2019 moved up for savage 2020 moved up for love 2021 moved up in round three for amari rogers in three of those uh trade-ups 
the one for Savage, the one for Love, and the one for Amari Rogers. Fourth round picks were involved. So Green Bay has two of them now. So for a general manager that likes to move up in the draft, in the article, I just everything I just mentioned, I just pointed that out because I think that's super noteworthy as the you know with the draft right around the corner and giving Goody some extra ammo to move up. Yeah, or get another guy. Whether or not, that too. Cause I, you can still find – I mean, Royce Newman, prime example. You can still find day one contributors right away in the fourth oh, round. Oh, the Packers have done well in the fourth round. And through their – David Bakhtiari, fourth round. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, Jamal yeah, Williams. You know, they've done well in fourth round. I found the guy, though, by the way. I, I found your, your next punter, Jason. <laughs> All right. Remember, I'm the one that picked – You did. You did last pick. year, so I'm, not, I'm like the punter whisperer. Um, <laughs> Jordan Stout. I'm not a school I'm fond of, but I'll I'll take him. Penn State. Okay. Do you know well, him at all? No, all but I, I, I do not. You didn't say uh, Notre Dame, so no, I'm 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 making notes though. Jordan Stout. Jordan Stout, Hunter Penn State. I'm going to read you what what this one um, scout says about his strengths. Good athlete with a sturdy frame, a rocket for a leg as a punter, and enough power to handle kickoff abilities as he did for the Nittany Lions. Booted 56 touchbacks with only one kickoff out of bounds. Never had a punt blocked. Where do I get him? Seven, I got the t- first pick of the seventh round or whatever. Um, that's where I'm, not the first overall pick, but the Packers' <laughs> first overall pick. Is whatever, they have three of them. So one of them seventh round picks. I'm taking Jordan Stout from Penn State University. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. And he's not from Notre Dame. I won't. I I won't tell you they're taking in the first round, but I'm telling you they're taking in the second <laughs> round. Jordan Stout. I like the name too. That's a good name for Jordan Stout. All right. Good to know. Absolutely good to know. And good good uh, note about the draft picks there by Paul. I mean, this off season is is gonna free agency will wind down, and we'll start talking about the draft. And and I think the Packers are probably going to have their work cut out for them in terms of adding talent via the draft. We were kind of talking in our group chat earlier today that these scouts and are really going to earn their their money um, after Russ Ball earned his for getting the Packers under the salary cap so but in order to do that obviously there is there's some some players that are going to be moving on so former Packer pass rusher Zadarius Smith was cut earlier this week he signed a four-year 35 million dollar deal could be up to worth up to 50 million with the Baltimore Ravens so he heads back to Baltimore that's after- good I like that after three seasons with the Packers, really two, because he missed all of 2021 with the back injury, came back for the playoff game and had a sack, but just wasn't couldn't stay healthy. And, and there was no way I said it, you know, and, and I know the quarterbacks are more expensive than $27 million, but if you can't throw a football effectively, you're not getting paid $27 million a year unless you're, I don't guess, maybe the best wide receiver in football. So we'll see what Devontae Adams ends up getting. But Darius Smith is not that. So Z moves on. And also moving on was center Lucas Patrick signed with the Chicago Bears and special teamer and depth linebacker, I guess we'll call him, Oren Burks, says he is signing and he has signed with the San Francisco 49ers. So a couple former Packers on the move and Green Bay continues conversations as far as we know with some of their other free agents that we assume they'd like to have back, most notably Russell Douglas. They didn't end up cutting Randall Cobb and they've got some other players to actually have some uh, breaking news here breaking on that, news. Jason. <laughs> uh, Tom Silverstein just tweeted out, we have the mystery solved on how the Green Bay Packers got under the salary cap. Um, 
wasn't a restructure, at least not my my understanding of the words here. So as Tom says, to get under the salary cap, the Packers cut wide receiver Randall Cobb's salary by about five and a half million. He was due to make around eight and a half million in, in total salary, and now will make three million according to a league source. Okay. Okay. So how much did that save? Five and five a half million. million. Yeah. Five and a half, I believe, because I believe they just. Oh, okay. And then counting the four that they didn't count for Campbell yet, that would be yeah, because that's more than enough. Yeah, that's an important part of this, too. To get under the salary cap today, Rob Domoski tweeted that De- Devondre Campbell's contract is not official at this point, so his cap hit was about $4.5 million or so. Like that four or something, yeah. Yeah, so that hasn't been factored in yet. So Okay, so when they do that, they got to find another $4 million somewhere. Right, so this is just very rough math. Don't take it as gospel by any means. But over the cap had Green Bay at about $7 million over coming into the, into the day, into Wednesday, but that was with Campbell's contract. So take that out of the equation. Let's say it's three. Packers might roughly be two-ish million under at this point. Wow, let's go get somebody. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, wait. That but the two, that went out of way. The six guys they tendered ate up that two million, right? Oh, yes. There you go. Very good point. How much was each tender? That I do not know. Yeah, and that we don't know. And if and and if that counts, and again, that was some very rough math on my part, folks. Because are either of them or <laughs> any of those guys not in the top fifty-one? I mean, that's only the bottom two players, as far as salary. That's true. Kind of I guess goes. That, that's true. Not they're sure probably right. They're probably right at it, or like a less than a million under if they're under right now. So, I mean, they are under, but less than a million, or they might be. They could be right at it. They could be at zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But we knew we knew it had to be something with Cobb. Right, I mean that made that made all the sense in the mm-hmm. world. So I'll I'll say this. I, I said this I said this to you guys when we were doing our uh, our afternoon uh, prep for for pack a day. If you I mean you you mentioned earlier Russ Ball, right? He's the MVP of this team. He really is. If you you know they were so far over the cap. All they did was they released Zadarius, who's like you said coming off a, a back injury that. God bless him. I hope he does well in Baltimore. I'm glad he went to the AFC. I'm glad I, I was a little concerned he might sign with his buddy Mike Smith in Minnesota. Minnesota. And uh, I don't want that. Um, but and listen, I wish no ill will. I hope he I hope he goes to Baltimore and has a really really good year. But yeah, the Packers don't, back, the Packers don't see the Ravens for four more years unless it's in the Super Bowl. Let's hope they see him next year then. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, bad backs really bother me. Uh, from someone that has a bad back. Um, so I, I wasn't that concerned. You know, losing Zadarius was kind of a foregone thing. We, we kind of knew it. And then Billy Turner, yeah, we thought – Paul, you thought they were cutting Billy, right? I did. Yeah, I, I thought they might hold him for another year or try to do something. But, again, also coming – and they, they cut him with an injury designation. So that knee must not have been good. You can't do that if, if – you know, they, they said failed physical injury designation. So they're worried about his health, too. So basically they cut two injured, two very good players, but two very good injured players. Didn't cut anybody else. And, well, they didn't kept Campbell yet, but they're going to keep Campbell. They're close to keeping Russell Douglas. If they don't do anything else between between now and the first round of the draft, this was a great offseason. 
Support for the Packaday Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, Inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code PACKADAY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Yeah, I mean, the Packers have done a lot of really good things so far, and I think we have to trust the front office. We've talked about it before with the moves that they've made. They haven't really missed, and there's been a lot of talk, and there's a lot of debate now about, well, Rodgers... What they're doing with him right now makes the Jordan Love pick a failure. We went over that. We already talked about that last week. You know, that's that's very subjective and whatever. But if it means the two-time MVP or, or back-to-back MVP is playing quarterback for the Packers, I don't care how wrong the Packers were about the Love pick. I, I think it's a great thing as far as roster building and for the future of this team. I mean, I guess the the rest of the conversation that I had or the, the other question that I had was just how you're feeling about the, the overall direction. I mean, I think it's, again, I ask a lot of pandering questions during our conversations, but that's a good problem to have because that means the Packers are doing really good things. But Paul, I'll start with you. As far as the foundation here, talking about success, if you're able to let Lucas Patrick go, and I would have liked to have had him back, but I think the, the tea leaves, like you said, reading the tea leaves, he was probably not going to come back when you've got Josh Myers, who the Packers see as the future at center, as long as he's healthy. And they did end up getting good production from Royce Newman at guard. And John Runyon Jr. seems to have cemented himself as one of the young guards as well. So those are all draftees, draft picks, draft and develop, right? The Packers are obviously doing something right. And for not just this year, but even beyond, you've got to be pretty encouraged where they sit so far two days into free agency. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it on here before. The salary cap, it's about trade-offs. And the Packers are clearly taking win now or, you know, in the next year, two years, three years, whatever it may be, for, you know, sacrificing financial flexibility down the road. But this is going to be a very top-heavy roster. They're going to have a lot of a lot of cap space invested into, what, six, seven, eight guys? Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, highest-paid quarterback. Devontae Adams, if they agree to extension, like the highest-paid receiver. Jay Alexander's looking to be a highest-paid cornerback. David Bakhtiari briefly was the highest-paid left tackle or offensive tackle. Kenny Clark's up there. Rashawn Gary is going to be in store for a payday. Elton Jenkins. They just extended Preston Smith. This is going to be a very, very top-heavy roster. And when we get to the playoffs, it those it's going to be have to be those players who step up and perform because they're obviously getting paid the big bucks to do so. But as we've seen, you know, those – you know, how you build out the rest of the roster is going to be somewhat limited. You're going to have to rely on those draft picks, as you mentioned, Jason, and a, and a number of them over the years have absolutely stepped up. It's those 
lower level free agent additions, you know, not that you're going to find an all pro like Devondre Campbell, but you know, that one year, $2 million veteran who comes in is going to have to contribute. So it's going to, but ultimately it's going to fall on those, those uh, high pay players are going to have to play like that when things matter the most, because they're, because they're taking up, they're going to be taking up a large chunk of the salary cap that Green Bay is going to have available. Well, if we haven't talked about that a ton already, and, and that's been the, one of the missing pieces and on top of better blocking and special teams and all the other stuff there. Mark, what was the dog trying to tell us there? I feel like there's some more uh, soothsaying, not soothsaying, but future <laughs> foretelling going on. Oh, yeah. You know, the dog was, you know, a little upset that, that, you know, Paul was talking about this you know what went wrong we dogs like we, we're good we're good we're fine here we got we, no i i, I <laughs> absolutely feel good about where we're at i'm just saying no, i'm just kidding <laughs> but um i think it's the rain outside again but uh now this this team i mean right now and again we have a there is some more tinkering to be done in terms of maybe keeping a few of their own guys that aren't signed yet but hopefully or may or may not be and then the draft, where they're going, you know, they they've drafted pretty well. They've gotten uh, look at you know look at last year. They got a, a very good corner who saved them when when Alexander got hurt. Eric Stokes was a savior. Uh, Newman started all all year. Myers was starting until he got hurt. Um, who am I forgetting? Is there another guy that was in that mix? So those those three were starters. Three rookies started and played a lot. Hill would have been your kick returner. And looked and your third back until he got hurt. So I mean, they, you know, if they can do that again, I mean, right now, right now, as the roster stands, the defense is basically set starters, right? You got you know Lowry, Clark, um, probably Slayton up front, Barnes and Campbell inside, Gary and Preston outside at linebacker. Uh, Alexander and Stokes, a corner, Savage and Amos at safety. So the defense, right, the starters, there's no open spot for anybody. Now, depth, yes, they, they need depth at all at all three levels. They need depth on the defensive line, they need depth in the secondary, and they need some depth at, at, at linebacker. But that's what that's what you draft, right? You can draft rookies, and they don't have to come in and play right away. They they come in and, and provide depth and for the future. Offensively, the only thing I'm the, my biggest worry, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, what our concerns were on offense. Mine is still tight end. Um, I don't know who the hell, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't I have no idea. Um, but the offensive line, yes, they lost Turner, but I think their their Neiman will be there, Jenkins when he comes back. Again, they need depth. Quarterback, they're fine. Running back, they're fine. Wide receiver, I mean, again, starters. Your top three are back: Adams, Lazard, Cobb. And Rodgers, four. So while I think they will add a wide receiver, he's not going to start unless he's really, really good and, and beats somebody out. But depth, that's, you know, other than, the only position in my mind that's open right now is, and even that gives me any concern is tight end. Yeah, tight end is going to be one to watch because that's a – it's important. I mean, the, the Packers have struggled to find that – ace for a long long time but it's still a big part of the offense so we'll see what ha- ends up happening obviously Robert Tunyon's got some recovering to do so 
we probably won't hear any movement on him for a while because whether he's going to be able to even start the season, I would imagine he's a, a candidate for Pup because he got hurt in late October. But, you know, as, as far as that goes and, and for any potential, I mean, I guess to, to kind of wrap up, unless we have any additional topics that we want to talk about, I was going to ask each of you guys to kind of put you on the spot a little bit. If there's either any position or any player that's out there now, obviously cap space is, is a thing. You got to have it. But let's assume that the Packers can make it work. Is there a is is are there any positions or any guys that are out there right now that you still want to see the Packers potentially get after? Paul, I know we were talking about a particular position group earlier today in our own chat, but if if it's you, where are you still looking to fortify and maybe bring in a guy with some experience? Because obviously they're going to get a bunch of draft picks as well. I mean, uh, uh, one way, a cost-effective way, and I don't. I don't have anyone in mind, but I feel like the interior defensive line is a, is a position where you could bring in a cost effective veteran in a rotational role and get the, you know, get a good amount out of them. Cause right now there's only four interior defensive linemen on the roster. It's Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton and Jack Heflin. We hope TJ Slayton takes a step forward, but again, he's a second year fifth round rookie. That's far from a guarantee as well. And that's just a position that, where they, Mark had mentioned that the defense is pretty well set when it comes to the starters, but on that defensive side of the ball is currently constructed. That's arguably where they could make the biggest, take the biggest step forward is along that interior defensive line. Um, so interior defensive line and cornerback are probably the big two that come to mind for me where I think a, a veteran presence to join, you know, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, a veteran presence to join. Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander could help provide some stability. And then in the draft, if you have the opportunity to add another young piece to one of those position groups, you absolutely do. But it doesn't become as much of a necessity either if you have that veteran to lean on. Right. Yeah. And that's a position where the Packers have looked for some veteran help before. I guess it's kind of spotty there, too. But uh, Snacks Harrison a couple seasons ago, Ricky Jean Francois several years ago. So you've got some options there too. Mark, do you see it the same way, or is there another position that you think the Packers might want to keep their eye on? Well, yeah, what I've been preaching, tight end. Um, the guy I kind of liked a little bit, but he's he was available until earlier Wednesday was O.J. Howard uh, in Tampa. He signed with Buffalo, so he's off the market. Um, apparently, Cleveland. I don't know if they have cut him or if they're going to cut Austin Hooper. Um, the guy the Packers like they did already. They did cut him. Okay, yep. that was I, I saw a report that they were going to, so they did. I know the Packers had 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 some interest in him before he signed with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the guy. But again, they got to have some money to do this, um, and right now they think they can't. But I would. Yeah, I still think tight end to me. I agree with what Paul said. Yeah, I would love to add, add a, for, on a defensive line that I, I can't say I can't pronounce his name, but the kid that Washington cut, I I had Dennis or Alona, how do you say? Oh, that? Ioannidis, yeah, that would be a good one. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't mind him. He's kind of what he and he fits. He's that Packer kind of defensive lineman too, right? I mean, he's he's not a star by any means, but he he, he work. He's gritty, tough, kind of like a you know a little bigger Dean Lowry. Not a bad thing. At all. I mean, up front, you need that rotation. And if they're not going to bring Tyler Lancaster back, and we hope Slayton works out. Unfortunately, Kingsley Kiki didn't. So I have to wonder if that doesn't help have the Packers pivoting a little bit too. This year's defensive line class, and Paul, I don't know if it was you or Mark who who 
made the comment, but is last year was not a good class for defensive linemen. This year is seeming seemingly much better. So if the Packers yeah, if the Packers want to pluck some talent there, they can absolutely do it. So there'll be some more moves that are going to get made. So I, it's not like we were completely deprived of news, right? We were just one day. Once again, we were one day short of the really big news cycle. Well, today was supposed to be the big day. They were supposed to cut somebody today to get under the cap or do something big. And they, they managed to do it without doing anything, which is good for them and bad for us. <laughs> and one other thing with free agency, obviously they're limited in what they can do spending-wise, but because the Packers are so top-heavy at so many positions, like with guys already on the roster, yeah, ideally in a perfect world you want to bring in as many big names as possible, but they don't necessarily need that. You know, I think to Mark's point, tight end is the one where if you're going to make a splash, that might be the one to do it, especially as we talk about transition from college to NFL is a as a slower one for tight ends, but a lot of these holes to fill a third safety, a third cornerback, a third or fourth interior defensive lineman, a third or fourth edge rusher, you know, as we go through some of these needs an offensive tackle, you know, a third or fourth option there, you know, a lot of these options to fill can be filled by low cost veterans who can step in and come off the bench or fill a rotational role because the Packers are so, you know, have so much high end talent at so many of these positions. Yeah. And they're going to have options. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to have some options. And I think they set themselves up well. This team is just, it's, it's got to frustrate the hell out of Vikings and Bears and Lions fans because they keep waiting for us to go back into the doldrums of the 70s and 80s. And Mark, you and I both know there was a lot about the leadership and management. It wasn't about the not having good players. There was a lot of problems back then. I don't see the Packers yes. dipping back into that, into that whole cesspool or vortex, I guess we'll call it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. I mean, they—they, they, that was a, there was some long, lean years there where, where you where you're watching, you know. And again, it's, it's all about quarterback. I mean, they didn't have a quarterback from you know they didn't have much between Bart's Lynn Dickey gave him some tough years at, at at an older state, but you know after Bart retired, it went it went pretty bad until until they traded for Favre. So, yeah. um, and as long as you got a quarter, if you got a good quarterback. You're always going to be in the hunt. Now, yeah, and then you know? magically, look what happened. They brought Favre in. He got really good. Pair him with Holmgren, and they're hoisting a Lombardi yeah, trophy. Yeah. So that's not a bad thing. Well, there's still a news cycle going on, so I would imagine that you guys still have some fun stuff to write write about. But uh, we'll go around the horn before we sign off here. So, Mark, we'll start with you over Packer Report. What is up now? What is upcoming? Well, what's up now? We didn't talk about it because we had so much else to talk about. But I actually wrote a story saying, you know, we, we, we had touched on this a briefly. I don't know if we did it on, on the podcast or just among ourselves, that if a team were to offer the Packers, if a team were to sign Devontae Adams to an offer sheet and he and he accepted it, and they, they would get two number ones. And I wrote that that wouldn't be the end of the world. I know people love Devontae Adams, and I do. I like him too, and he deserves whatever money he gets. But if the Packers can't do it, or choose not to do it. It's not the end of the world. And I compared it to and Jason. You'll remember this, Paul. You probably look a little too young. I think when when Sterling Sharp retired, Jason, uh-huh. Packers had just gotten good. They made the playoffs back to back years for the first time since Lombardi. And Sharp can't play anymore. He his spinal cord injury is such that he has to re- retire. And everyone was, oh my God, what are, now they're done. They did all, you know. They don't have Sterling Sharp. What are they going to do without him? He's their he's their guy. He was coming off a hundred catch season. 
And what did what did they do? They went from a wild card team to a division champion, went from nine wins to 11, and went from getting bounced in the second round to making it to the NFC title game. And then the next year, they won the Super Bowl. And how did they do it? Because Favre had to, had to throw the ball around. He, he didn't just focus on Sterling Sharp. He, Antonio Freeman and Robert Brooks and Andre Risen and the tight ends, and it became more of a team. And so that's what my story was about that's up there now, just that I compare it to that era. That, And again, I'm not wishing anything bad against Devontae Adams, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if if they didn't, if somebody took him and gave him two number one picks for him. No, and I would imagine that part of what you wrote about there, Mark, was the last pass that Aaron Rodgers threw this season. Which well, was, I didn't mention that, but... Which was yeah, the... Drew, well, yeah, but he does throw to Adams too much, right. The bomb down the field, and, and I'm not saying Lazard was open because screen grabs don't tell the whole story, but Adams was definitely not. So, all right, good stuff over there. And then, Paul, what do we have over at Cheesehead TV during that Express? Uh, right now, it's mostly just following all the news that's coming out. Uh have a tracker over at Dayland Express and just kind of everything that's happening to salary cap wise, um, any resignings where former Packers are headed, things of that nature. So just kind of keeping up with the news as it comes in at this time. Good stuff. And I'm sure I'll transition to some more free agency, some what do the Packers need, and then the draft is right around the corner. This should be a lot of fun. Quick Slants podcast will be out over at Game On Wisconsin on Monday with any happenings between now and the end of the weekend. So everybody with the clocks sprung forward and spring right around the corner. Actually, the first day of spring is just a couple of days away. Hopefully it keeps warming up over in your neck of wherever you're at. As always, everybody stay safe, be good, and go Pack Go. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.